Sepsis, or the infection causing sepsis, starts before a patient goes to the hospital in nearly 87% of cases. Sepsis is a medical emergency. If you or your loved one has an infection that's not getting better or is getting worse, act fast. Get medical care immediately. Ask your healthcare professional, could this infection be leading to sepsis? And if you should go to the emergency room, learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hey everyone, welcome to our weekend edition of the Major Spoilers podcast. Yes, we were off last week, but we're back here this week. I think our schedules are getting back in order. Everybody's in the places that they need to be. Hmm. Rodrigo is here, and Matthew is in his office, and... And Matthew, your audio sounds just so awesome this week. Maybe it's yeah, just because well, I'm not of you. nearly as comfortable. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not nearly as comfortable. Uh, the The microphone is actually properly placed on the desk and oh, not you know okay. hung over my not, arm, not so. rocking back and forth and all that good stuff. Hey, 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 so, so I just want to comp- I just want to say thanks for thanks for that, and thank you, listeners, for joining us joining us in our weekend show. Um, topic came up, I think, in the major spoilers forums. Uh, I forget who it started. Matthew, do you remember who started this comment, this uh, discussion? Um, yeah, it, w- it was either a man or a woman. Ah, okay. It, well, their I'm name gonna had bet, an e in it. I'm going to bet that it was a, a, a man because we have very few women who are part of the uh, the complete major spoilers experience. But the question that they that the person po- uh, posted was, how did we get into comics? I don't know if we've answered this before. Maybe we did a couple of years ago. Hmm. I know some people are going back through all 177 issues of the Major Spoilers experience. Feverishly. And listening to them, and we thank you for that. Uh, but maybe it's worth kind of touching on again. How did we get into comics? Matthew, how did you get into comics? I, I think we have an idea with your with your uncle. But give us the full mm-hmm. breakdown story again and tell us about that first time you bought your very first comic book with your own I- money. I was always vaguely aware of comics because my cousin Elwood was a comic reader. And he's, I think, three years younger than me. But um, for the longest time, he would read comics and I'd be like, oh, comics. Uh. And I remember I remember clearly a discussion and an argument about Spider-Man where I had only seen Spider-Man on TV. And, and how, and old, are, how know, old are you at this time? Eight, maybe nine okay. at the time of the argument. All right. Um. I think uh, there was the first comic book I ever bought, purchased, um, was on a trip to the S&S Drugs or the Duck Walls, one of the two. I bought Shogun Warriors number one. It was like a 35-cent comic, and I bought it, and I read it, and I was like, Uh, I actually bought it again about six, eight weeks ago. Oh, cool. Uh, But that's not here or there. And I remember thinking, okay, this is interesting. I don't know whatever happened to that comic. It wasn't something that I collected or kept or hung on to. But what really hit me was 1982, the release of G.I. Joe number one. Because my cousin Elwood and I, again, had been, you know, collecting G.I. Joe comics or rather G.I. Joe toys, G.I. Joe action figures and, you know, the vehicles and the stuff and, we went and we did all of the stuff and the, the thing and the thing. And then this comic came out and I bought the giant size version of the comic. And it was oddly enough drawn by the same man who drew Shogun Warriors number one, Herb Trimpey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. So I tried to get a subscription to G.I. Joe. 
Now, in the day, in order to subscribe to a Marvel comic, you would fill out the little form and you would put in a three-letter code. G-I-J was G.I. Joe. I-J-O was The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones, in which I had no interest. Guess what I got? (laughs) I got issue two of The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones, drawn by John Byrne. Yeah. So, look. Did not give a flying rat's ass about the further adventures of Indiana Jones. But once I had that, I also got a subscription to something called X-Men. Oh, cool. And I got this issue of X-Men. My first X-Men issue was 175. Uh, Cyclops's second wife goes apeshit and claims to be the Phoenix. Um, <laughs> and then I was reading X-Men and Indiana Jones and buying G.I. <laughs> Joe where I could. And I found out that the... On the way to school, the Pump and Pantry sold comics, so I started buying those. <laughs> the Pump and Pantry? Yeah, it was like a, a gas and soap. Oh, like a 7-Eleven? Uh, something like it. We didn't have 7-Elevens in Beloit, Kansas, right, my friend. Right, we had right. the Pump and Pantry. Hey, we had or as, yeah. We had Peak Super yeah. Saver, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we all we all used to call it the Pumper Panties, which, you know. <laughs> and I started buying books, and it, at, at one point I had, yeah. I had a job delivering papers, and one of the places I would walk by on my route was the drugstore. Mm-hmm. So I'd start buying comics and reading them on my, my paper route. And then I started saving them because they were good. And eventually it got to the point where, you know, I found Pat's Book Nook in Salina, Kansas, right off 6th and Iron down by the river. And they had old comics, like three years old. <laughs> and I went in there, and they would they would price them at half cover oh yeah and one of the things that i wanted to buy at pat's book nook but never bought was marvel boy number one which i know now is a book from 1951 it's worth about 150 bucks in that kind of condition cool but you know i started buying those and it it just kind of snowballed and spiraled completely out of control to the point where now i'm sitting in a room with long boxes eight feet high on the wall behind me Mm -hmm. but really the point where I started getting really interested in comics was when I was probably 12, 13, somewhere in that neighborhood. Elwood's father, my Uncle Bob, made the remark that I was too old for comics. You're one of them boys and, that is too old for comics. Yeah, that's actually how he talks. On account he's, of your age. <laughs> yeah, now now that he's With in his 60s and, and I'm in my 40s, Uncle Bob and I have come to the the uh, strange realization that we actually like one another. <laughs> but when he was in his 30s and I was a 13-year-old kid, I was a titanic pain in his ass. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Uncle Bob was the one who, I, I was raised by my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So Uncle Bob was the one, you wait till your uncle comes home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. So I need to stop <laughs> cursing. Why am I cursing so much on the weekend show? But in any case, um, he had said this, and I'm like, well... If he doesn't want me reading him, there must be something going on. So I started, you know, trying to read all the comics I could. And I I think what killed it, what made it an obsession was the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. I bought issue five off the stands for a buck when comics were 60 cents. Yeah. And I read it and it had the stories of characters that I'd heard of and never read. The Hulk, this guy called Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But it also had people like Icarus and Jack of Hearts and the Invisible Woman, people I had no idea who they were. But it would it literally summarized 30 years of Marvel Comics. So the Hulk page 
was a picture of the Hulk and then paragraph after paragraph explaining, and the Hulk did this and the Hulk did this and the Hulk did this and this and this. And I'm like, holy crap, that all sounds cool. <laughs> so at that point, I wanted to own the issue where the Hulk did this and the Hulk did that. Right. And, you know, I wanted to have those to where I could see how did that go. And that book also had in the back pages uh, little appendixes, a little paragraph about characters like uh, the Sons of the Tiger did this. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. all. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I like these guys even more. So, I, you know, my love of those oddball characters can be stemmed back to the, the official handbook. But it really came to a realization that I was at a point where at the time, you know, this is 1982, 83 – Mm-hmm. There was there was a stigma attached to being a comics reader right. in 1983. Right. Not a huge, you know, oh, you're a stupid nerd, but definitely kind of a why are you reading comic books? You're supposed to be a grown up. Yeah. Or you're supposed to be, you know, a, a teenager. You're supposed to be becoming a man. You're supposed to be bar mitzvahed. Whatever's <laughs> going on in your life, you know. I, uh, I, I think it came to a point where I was just trying really hard to do something that told me someone told me not to do. So really in a way, comic books were me rebelling in ah. a completely meaningless way. So reverse. So you, what you're saying is reverse psychology works on you. Mm, does it? I don't know. Matthew, does I, it? I don't want you to write any reviews this week. <laughs> Great. I'll take a week off. <laughs> you gotta be subtler than that, son. I'm not 12 anymore. Well, that's that's an interesting story. So, when do you think that you beyond when you started to? I mean, was it always going down to the sip and serve to uh, to buy your Some comics, <laughs> or or was it? I mean, because nah, obviously the sip and spin is a bar. Yeah, I know. It actually used to be a laundromat bar whenever I was a, a young lad. Bar. Dirty dungarees. We could get a yeah. one a one pound cheeseburger and watch girls clean their underpants. <laughs> exactly. Classic. Best of both worlds. I'd buy that for a dollar. When what did you? A- when, wh- about what age do you think you were regularly going to the comic book shop on a regular basis? There wasn't a comic book shop involved until my I moved in with my mother and her third husband when I was 17. Ah, okay. Uh, they lived in, well, eventually we all lived in Russell, Kansas. Woohoo! Yeah, we used to live 99 South Kansas, Rodrigo. Go look it up. It's this little crappy white house with about nine outbuildings right over by the hospital. Oh, nice. You know where the hospital is? You know where the hospital is. I know where the hospital is. Okay, you know where the Bionic Burger used to be? No. No, you were probably seven when the Bionic Burger closed. Um, Here's the thing. You know where the Pomida is? Russell, it's not there anymore. Russell used to be a lot cooler, starting with the fact that its name used to be Fossil Station. Yeah. I know. Isn't that awesome? I know. It's so awesome. I would love... To live in a, a town called, called Fossil Station. Station. That would be pretty That's cool. fantastic. Is the Fossil Station uh, grill it's still, still open out it's there? It's still there. You, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds to me like uh, some some like way station out in outer space that has like a giant Nautilus like <laughs> carved into the wall. <laughs> but I just, no, they I just changed it and named a... it after some guy I figured they who just... doesn't want to be spoiled. I figured they uh, just named it after all the old people that live there. Yeah, probably. So, well, Russell was wonderful in that the median age was 75, and on a Saturday night you could sit around and listen to lungs collapsing and knees <laughs> giving out. But Russell was also 
20 minutes from Hayes at a time right. when I had a car and Hayes had Gulliver's Tattered Covers. Oh, so you only really started going regularly to Gulliver's. Gulliver's was my first comic store. I had I had books that I would buy from the newsstands. I mm-hmm. had books that I could get, you know, back issues, but my first actual comic store experience would have been, yeah, Hayes. Wow. Um, it was 1988, and I can tell you how I know this. Wow. The I... first things that I bought <laughs> from Tattered Covers were Hellblazer number one. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Something called, um, God, no, I can't remember it. Um, That's a weird title. Not, not <laughs> Outland. Um, Wasteland. Wasteland. Wasteland number one. Uh, Wasteland was a wonderful series that gets no play. And um, some issues of Justice League International. Mm, okay. So it was, I mean, it was a point where really I could get most of what I was getting at either S&S Drug or the Pump and Pantry. Right. There were other places in town that would occasionally handle comics. Uh, you know, I'd miss an issue here and there. I, to this day, haven't read Justice League number two. Um from DC Comics in 87. I don't know that I want to now. I can grab the JLI uh, trade paperback reprint now and read it, but I think it would be kind of anticlimactic. But yeah, it it wasn't until college, really, that I started having disposable income and the ability to go and have a pull list and get everything I wanted to read regularly every week. Well, see, that's a surprise to me, because you and I have known each other forever, and I've always known you as that comic book guy, so I just assumed that even before you were going to college that... You were yeah. a regular comic shop person. Interesting. I was a regular comic person. There just weren't any shops. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Rodrigo, what about you? Tell us about your first time. Um, let's see. How I got into comics. Um, well, when I was living in Mexico, um, I would every once in a while come into possession of a comic, either something that my parents would pick up as like part of the newspaper. Editorials are different. They're like the same company that translates the Spider-Man stories, translate the Superman stories, right, for example. Right. So it's all part of the same thing. And sometimes because they have like weird rights to the characters, they would have them appearing together. So I never knew for the longest time that like Superman and Spider-Man were like from rival companies ah. because they were together and their commercials were always like the, the 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 ads for Superman books were in Spider-Man books and so on and so forth. Right. Just kind of random comic books, but I never really got into them. Before I left Mexico, a the older brother of a friend of mine wanted to get rid of his trading cards, and he had a bunch of just completely random comic book trading cards. My friend, his brother didn't want them, mm-hmm. so he just gave them to me. And that is, like, one of the handful, like, together as as a thing, one of the handful of actual possessions that I brought to the United States. Oh, that's cool. Um, And these would be cards that, like, told everything about the character and their history. There were... This would have been, like, 1992, 93 in that neighborhood? That's what I'm thinking, because I probably had that, those cards. Yeah, so do I. I think I still do. Um, (laughs) They were... Let's see. I had... There were a bunch of... uh, And they were brought... And I'm pretty sure they were like Fleer and and all that all those guys that were doing cards, but they were to Mexico. They were brought as promotional cards by like Pepsi mm. and like just random companies that would kind of buy into these uh, promotions. 
Um, so I had a like Silver Surfer hologram card and a Gambit hologram card, and you know the stories behind there. Um, a-, a bunch of like Legion of Superheroes guys. Um, Jonah, Triad, Livewire, Spark, which you know I- I'm yeah. sure is now is coiling Matthew's innards as we speak. <laughs> um, you know, all those guys and a bunch of X-Men stuff. So I came to the United States and I just had this handful of cards. And eventually I found this club in my school where they traded cards. High school or middle school? This was middle school. Okay. Um, I was living in California and it was a little trading card club. I started going with only this handful of cards and people want to trade me cards and I wouldn't want to. You know, I wanted some of the cards they had, but I was largely doing it, you know, as a social thing because I wanted to find out more about these characters. So I started buying more trading cards. Um, I finally eventually got the full, like, regular cards for the X-Men Fleer Ultra, like, 99 or something like that. I don't don't remember even what what year it was. Yeah. Um, But... You know, so I had a very categorical knowledge of these characters from what I would read in the cards. I didn't, the only stories I knew were the ones that were referenced by the cards. Mm -hmm. And eventually, since I was going into this tiny hole in the wall comic shop to buy the cards, I thought to myself, well, why not actually start reading the comic books? So I started actually buying comic books at around that point. Now, how was this something you went to by yourself? Your parents took this? This was something. The comic shop, there were lots of ways to get from my house to school. You could either walk by a bunch of drug dealers or walk by the comic shop. Was this in Los Angeles? Did you live in L.A.? Okay. Um, This was in a suburb of Los Angeles, um, which really aren't all that much better than Los Angeles proper in a lot of cases. I didn't know if you lived in Los Um, Angeles County or if you lived in Orange or Riverside or one of the, you know. I lived in, I, I lived pretty close to Long Beach. Oh, okay. All right. Did you, did you know uh, Steve Borden? No. <laughs> um, anyway, drug you could walk. I just thought dealers. that since Steve was going to do that whole, I know California. No, I'm no, going I to was just trying up. to find out a kind of a reference. Yeah. Um, I lived in Cerritos for a while too, yeah. and, but I, around that area. So, I love the cool ranch Cerritos myself. Yeah, the uh, the so I started. Reading and and of course the best like the 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 cards that appealed the most to me and that were most easily available because I like the Legion, but they didn't have any Legion stuff at this comic shop. They just had like very basic DC and very basic Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know what the Legion was doing at the time. I, 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 Actually, that's the time that I was reading the Legion. Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Ninety eight, ninety nine. They would have been in the reboot Archie Legion. Yeah. yeah. So. I started picking up X-Men, and I started reading X-Men around the Zero Tolerance storyline, which is why I have such a love for uh, Maggot, um, who is a terrible character. And really, you get right down to it, it's kind of a weird knockoff of uh, Matter Eater Lad. Um, but anyway. I thought it was great. Um, we I'd- could do a, a tangent thing where we combine them into Maggot Eater Lad. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, worst <laughs> worst amalgam character so far. Uh, write that down. Worst amalgam characters. There you go. Um. So next week's topic. Next week's topic. Um. Witchblade and warlock or witchlock. Um. 
Warblade. Yeah, the uh so I started reading the X-Men and that slowly, you know, I I would just buy random Spider-Man comics and random uh like I sus- so eventually my parents got me a subscription to X-Men and then I was like, "Ooh, this Heroes for Hire book looks good." And it was just like some random iteration of Heroes for Hire. Mm-hmm. So I got subscribed to that and then it got canceled. So they started sending me issues of Avengers, and I was like, oh, yeah, Avengers are cool. And really by that point, between the cards and the comics and me just like just asking people around, I had built this knowledge largely of the Marvel Universe um, with a little bit of the of the DC Universe thrown in there. But at that time, and I think because of the direction that I started with comics, I was like, well, Marvel superheroes, you know, you if you throw a car at them, it actually knocks them down. DC superheroes are too powerful, and who's going to want to read a story like that? And blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you know, they're good stories that are written that way. Um, but at the time, couldn't be bothered. And, you know, that from there, and, and really after that, I kind of stopped buying comic books, largely because eventually the story started moving away from what I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, the X Men to be, really, because I was really the only one that I was reading regularly. And I just kind of stopped. Until I came to Kansas and started talking to Steven again and got, uh, you know, companies to actually start sending us comics. And now you read a lot more. And now I read a lot more. I always kept in touch um, with what was going on both in Marvel and DC. Dear Wolverine, I haven't heard from you in a while. That's right. How are you doing? Wolverine was the only guy that I heard from. (laughs) He would keep showing up at my house. Hey, bub, I need to crash here for a while. I'm being chased by a Canadian secret service. Like, whatever. Look. You don't want I'm to the go best over there is at what I do, and what I do is puke on your couch. Wolverine, you haven't cleaned up from the last time you were here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hey, uh, I'll only stay for a couple of days. <laughs> I know. I brought my crew, by the way. <laughs> this is Robot Wolverine. Uh, we're calling him Albert nowadays. And uh, here's Alternate Reality Wolverine, and here's Jim, and here's Patrick. <laughs> Patrick is a Wolverine who has psychic claws. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Rodrigo got into comics. That's largely how I got into comics. I guess, uh, as I think about this, I guess I've kind of always been a little bit into mm-hmm. comics. My grandparents, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, but they had a very large collection of, like, the Sunday strip collections. Like, they had volumes of these little these little paperback um, family circus Sally Worth. Uh, not mm-hmm. Sally Worth, but like Family Circus, Dennis the Menace, Peanuts. They always had those. So I peanuts. can sit around every time I went to Everybody their house. Everybody had those. My grandma had all the peanuts. Yeah, and I don't understand. I mean, it's it's very cool because, I mean, I would sit around when I'd go to their house, be totally bored while, you know, the grownups did grownup things, and I was by myself. So I'd read through these little books and think that they were funny and think that they were neat and just kind of go on with that. Uh, as I got a little bit older, of course, Star Wars came out. And so around that Star Wars time, I had some occasional Mickey Mouse comics or a Donald Duck comic that would kind of land in my lap from various places. And I'd kind of read them and just kind of toss them aside. And I even had about a six or seven issues of the original Star Wars series that Marvel, was it Marvel that put it, put that out in the so. uh, late 70s? And I kind of had those around because they were kind of cool, but really never thought about comic books too much. Uh, until I, I bought my very first comic book when we were on a family vacation. My parents loved to take these, like, two-week uh, uh, death marches across the country. 
<laughs> where my sister and I would be crammed in the back of this little trailer as we would travel around to these great, wondrous places throughout the country. And yes, I'm sure going to Yellowstone National Park or to, uh, you know, to some of the other great national parks in, in the world are, are probably pretty cool today. But as an 11-year-old, lame, oh, yeah. right? So I remember we were at Yellowstone, and we went into this essentially gas station quick stop place, and I remember going through the racks, and my eye caught this DC comic called World's Finest. And, of course, I'd heard about Batman and Superman. I watched the Super Friends and everything on television. And I said, World's Finest. Wow, this is pretty cool. It's issue 271. And it said right here on the cover, Revealed at last the secret origin of Comicton's greatest team. And I thought, wow, this is pretty awesome. And it's only How a lucky buck. it is that I managed to find the secret origin issue. I know, issue. exactly. That's what I thought as an 11-year-old. And uh, it's only a buck. Dad, Dad, can we please a dollar? Please, 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 please. Because my mom's idea of reading on vacation was Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and, and the great classics. And I just wanted something different. So my dad bought this for me, and it could have been the worst book to try to jump into a DC universe. Because, <laughs> yes, it did tell the origin of how Batman and Superman met. Ten different times throughout history, all wrapped up into a story that took place on multiple Earths, something that I was like, what? And I never could understand this book. I, I would read it over and over again, and it's one that I actually kept for the longest time and even tried to keep in as good a condition as I could. But I would keep going back to it going, I don't understand what's going on in this book. <laughs> I tried to you know, try to figure it out, and it was very, very weird, and I just kind of set it aside. When I was 12, my grandparents came back from Germany, and they brought with me an Asterix book, an Asterix and, and Cleopatra was the book. And, of course, it was all in German. Couldn't understand a word of it. It was almost as, as um, made as much sense as the World's Finest 271 did. <laughs> but I would pour over it just because of the art, and I really loved it. But, I mean, these were just comic books that I had kind of gathered and would, would read. It's interesting that I got into comic books as a regular reading, not through world's finest or asterisks but because of doc savage i was at the uh, state world's fair one year and we were going through the booths and somebody was from one of the Wichita going through the boobs yes the boobs i was going through all the boobs uh hey i started the, reading comics in the 90s yeah it was, talk about boobs it was really good point really it was difficult all I'll, the racks what, all like, the racks were full of racks exactly right? yeah. and 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 that sucked because i wanted to be able to buy a comic that i could oh, yeah, take could home take and home. not have my parents roll up into a, a yeah. tube and hit me with <laughs> um but i i came across this it, and i think it was one of the bookstores in wichita or something that had this Doc Savage book, uh, you know, the the Bantam books, the republishing one. This happened to be the very first book, The uh, the Man of Bronze. And I picked it up, and it was like 75 cents or a buck or something like that. And I said, okay, I'll How read outrageous. it. Outrageous. I read through it, and I fell in love with it uh, just from the book perspective. And then my dad worked up in Lawrence at the time, Lawrence, Kansas. And so we would go up there occasionally for dinner at this little Mexican restaurant called Tin Pan Alley up on Massachusetts Street. And like two doors down from that was a used bookstore. And I would start going in looking for these old Doc Savage books, reprints, and I would start buying them. And then one day the bookstore didn't the used bookstore didn't have any Doc Savage books, and the guy said, Hey, there's a comic book store next door. They sometimes have Doc Savage books. And so I went in there, and as I was looking around, lo and behold, there's a Doc Savage comic book. And then there's a back issue bin full of these Doc Savage books from Marvel, and this Doc Savage, the new Doc Savage book was put out by DC, and I started reading it and started getting into that, and I started looking around for other comic book shops and realized that there, at the time, 
I think in Lawrence there were two comic book st- stores. The one that's still there, Matthew, which I forget the name of. Uh, there's like four comic book stores in Lawrence right now. Well, not the not the Pink Kitty or whatever that is, Astro Kitty, not that one. Astro Kitty. Um, you probably are thinking of Mass Street Comics, which yes, closed. Yes, Mass Street Comics, which was down. And Quality Comics, which Quality did not Comics. close. Quality Comics is still open. Uh, I would go there all the time, and I would start picking up comics. I would go to one that was on Iowa uh, that closed a long time ago. It was right next to a bar. Um then I would start going to Topeka, and there was one right across the street from Washburn University, and they had a huge collection of Doc's, uh, uh, Doctor Who books because they had Doctor what Who and gaming. Been? This was like eighty, uh, it was probably like eighty six through eighty nine. That um, would have been comics and fantasies that yeah. actually became Gatekeeper. Yeah, well, actually, I think Gatekeeper was um, maybe by another name because while I was going to comics and fantasies. There was that other one over by your old location, and uh, we would go in there occasionally, and there was also one out at the mall. Uh, I forget that mall over by uh, Fairview. Maybe it's the Fairview Mall. Uh, I guess it's still uh, there's there. White Lakes Mall. No, not White Lakes. It's the one that's over by um, Fairlawn, Fairlawn and 27th. You know, or the one that has Fairlawn to be Plaza Mall. Fairlawn yeah. Plaza, yeah. And they had a comic book yeah, store. Yeah, it has to be Dalton and the Orange Julius. Yeah, exactly. I would go in there and I would find, that's where I found my first uh, introduction to the Dark Knight. Um, and I started getting into Batman books. And that's when, probably about 86, 87, when I regularly started visiting the comic book shops on a regular basis. And I would work my butt off mowing lawns during the summer. And back in the day, you could take $20 that you'd get for mowing somebody's acre lot and I could buy gas to get me to Topeka. I could go buy a huge stack of comic books and then drive all the way home and still have money left over to go see a movie nice. at, at another time. And so that's when I really started to become a regular customer. And then when I came out to Hayes to visit the school the first time where you and I met Matthew, I made it a point to say, hey, are there comic book shops in Hayes? And that's where I discovered Gulliver's and then that other used bookstore run by that old guy who died from a heart attack a few years later. Um, I forget what the, the name of that book. Charming. It was Where right was next to it was, it was right next to the home. Oh yeah, I love that store. It was yeah. creepy, but it was smelly. It had all the old books and comic books and everything. When and Stephen had, says pardon. the home, he means a bar, not an old folks' home. <laughs> so I, you know, it was really I really owe my comic book reading to Doc Savage. And how Doc Savage got me into reading comic books. And I just kind of became addicted to that. And I originally, when I bought comic books, I was buying a lot of the independent stuff originally. Because I thought that was stuff that was a little bit more accessible than reading Batman or um, something by Marvel or Superman. I all remember that stuff, you reading X-Mutants. Yes, that's what I would... I love that series. I actually ran and into that artist a few years ago. Duck it was pretty Tales. cool. Ron Lim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was on at is, the San Diego yeah. Comic Con. I was like, "Hey, are you guy that you the guy that did X Mutants?" He's like, "Oh yeah, that's an old old title. I'm surprised anybody remembers that." Uh, but I got into reading more DC regularly when the death of the family occurred, and I said, "Well, I got to go track down the back issue so I figure out how these how this led up to this mm-hmm. big event." And and that's how I became a real regular reader of comic books and a subscriber of comic books. Never had a subscription to comic books. Uh, I when I moved down to Atlanta, every time I would go to a city, it was always like, okay, where's the nearest comic book shop? And there was a huge, great used bookstore. I, I wish I could remember. I want to say it was Gulliver's, but that's not it. 
um, but it was something along that lines, and, and the person who called last on Tuesday would probably remember the comic book store because it was a part of this huge bookstore. I mean, this bookstore was, I mean, as far as bookstores goes, it's like the most awesome of awesome bookstores. Mm-hmm. The bookstore portion closed, but they moved the uh, comic book shop down the street, down Peachtree Street, about five blocks, and that was my regular place in uh, in Atlanta. And then whenever I moved to uh, California, uh, in Santa Ana, there was this little hole-in-the-wall comic book shop that I would visit regularly, and uh, and it was really great. And then, of course, back here in Hayes, back to Gulliver's, but then Gulliver's closed because they couldn't keep up with B. Dalton and Amazon. So that is B. my history. Dalton! <laughs> that is my history of reading comic books. So I guess I've kind of been into the... Uh, the uh, visual storytelling form for really, really a long time with the peanuts and that other stuff. But it wasn't until Doc Savage that I really became a regular reader. Hmm. And by the time I got to college, I only had two long boxes of comics, whereas Matthew had a whole metal filing drawer full. (laughs) Because I couldn't afford long boxes, so I would (laughs) stack them on there. That thing is still right behind me. Yeah, you know, in a lot the of office, people, I use it for storage. I was actually um, somebody who actually recommended getting those really good metal filing cabinets. The 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 ones where you're supposed to file it sideways, you know, that pull out the long ones because mm-hmm. they said you can get like five or six rows that are equivalent of short boxes nice. into one of those big long drawers, and they look a lot better. They're not going to fall apart and and all of those good things. So I also remember you used to like store your comic books in uh, newspaper wrapper. I again, I had no access to a comic store, but as a newspaper delivery schmuck, we used to get the plastic bags that you could use to protect the papers. Yeah, and the ones days. for the Sunday paper were the perfect size with a little bit of stretching mm-hmm. to cover a comic. Now, when I went to college, I think I had maybe, maybe eight or nine hundred books. Yeah, I never had that. I don't maybe. think I had that many. But, you know, by the time I left college, Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. 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 I went you from know. having two long boxes when I went to school, and really of those two long boxes, only one of them was filled with comics. The other were filled with my Playboys and and You're right, and your Doc Savage stuff. And the Doc Savage stuff. You're, you had that horrible room up in Weiss Hall, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cool room, third floor. Uh, nope. Now I have, what is it, four, th- three by eight, something like that, of long boxes, about 40 long boxes. Long boxes. Yeah, 24 long boxes worth of comics, and I still have comics spilled out all over the place that have not been bag-bordered or cataloged yet, so probably close to I've, 30 long boxes of comics now, so I'm I to need the point help. Where three times in the last six months, I've gone through and tried to clean my office, and each time I've taken two long boxes or a long box and a half out and sold them to someone else, and I still have more comics than I know what to do with. Well, we'll have to talk about why we're selling comics next week on the next week's show. Why you're selling comics? Because I'm getting to the point I now. Buy crap. Yeah, I'm getting to that, that point now. But we'll have a, a discussion on that a little bit later. Uh, uh, I, next I week. sold my entire run of Countdown. Oh, okay. I can understand that. We'll talk about that um, next I week. We can think... get some listeners into it as well. Hey, listeners. Speaking of getting involved, we do have a contest going on right now where we are giving away um, some Star Wars action figures. To someone who calls our major spoilers hotline and leaves their best Yoda impression uh, talking about major spoilers. Matthew, what's that phone number? Call us, you must, and flatter us, you do. Maybe a little bit better than that. (laughs) 727-9... 
1539. And if you press the buttons, that spells F.U. Schleicher, 785-727-1939. Actually, I think it spells Tuflum Gerdflump. But 785-727-1939, the major spoilers, Tuflum Gerdflump. Yep, we're going to award these to four people who call in on that. So mm-hmm. there's a pretty good chance yeah. that somebody will win. And since it's been longer than 60 days since we had our last contest, it's open to anybody inside the United States. I forgot to mention that on Tuesday show. Inside the U.S. only, because these action figures are going to cost me too much change to ship yeah. outside. We of, know you of love US. comics, and we do too, but you're just too damn far away. Yep. And, and speaking... It, oh, go ahead. We, I think, you know, it, we've had contests that were open to our international people. We might want to consider just a contest for the international people. Yeah, we might in the future when we have a uh, substantial prize because to pay an extra $10 on an action figure that only costs 5 bucks and then pay $12 in shipping is... Is not is really a chunk of change out of my pocket. So you know what we could do? We could start giving away Matthew's comic books. I can autograph them. There you go. Hey, speaking <laughs> of, don't forget tomorrow Sunday, head over to Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, Huntoon Engage, Topeka, Aww. Kansas. You can meet Matthew in in person. Whoa! Get your picture taken with him. Send it in. And I tell you what, if you are one of a major spoilers regular, and you send us a picture of Matthew and you together holding a comic book that you purchased at Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, yeah. I will send you... What do we got here in the prize box? In front of comic Here I have Iron Monger, the Iron Man action figure with opening cockpit. Check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your hands off of the Iron Monger. Never. That's an Iron Man action figure. That's probably about a $12 action figure right there. All you have to do is head over to Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies or uh, Huntoon Engage. Topeka, Kansas. This Sunday. Also, I can sell you the first appearance of the Iron Monger. There you go. Oh, that's what it'll be. If you buy that first, there you go. Send us your picture of you holding that issue with Matthew. Send it my way. You know the uh, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You could win. The first person who does this wins this Iron Monger uh, action figure. All right. That's it. That wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for being part of the Major Spoilers experience and joining us on our weekend show. On Tuesday, don't forget, we're going to be talking about Pedro and me from Jed Winnick, because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you then. Thanks, Uncle Bob. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. 
What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm stark raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Shot up in a fine me in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, 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 wow! What a major spoiler! Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2010. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.